Hello, and welcome to Margs and Mary. It's another day, another Marg, another Mary. It's actually all the same Mary. But <laughs> anyway, hey, CJ. Hey, Emily. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. Again, this week without a Marg. Only 10 more weeks. I, I should start a countdown. 10 more weeks till the Marg comes back for me. There you go. You got, what is that, a tangerine LaCroix? It's an orange one, but wow, I'm impressed that you can see that color through our video. Yeah, it's, it's the orange one, but. Yeah, nice. I've got some uh, lemon tea, so. But my mug says Fiat on it. Oh, on theme. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's one happy. of those days, you know, like wearing a cozy sweater, tea. It's 55 degrees out. Freezing. Freezing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But it's Thanksgiving break, so it's time to to be in the, the Thanksgiving spirit of cozy. I totally agree with you. Also, on that semi-same note, I have a controversial question for you. Emily, just go ahead and, and start this banging podcast out. Oh, yikes. Tell me, have you, first of all, have you decorated for Christmas yet? And second of all, when is the appropriate time to do so? So I have not decorated for Christmas yet. Um, my roommates and I talked about going and getting a tree, but we have not had the time to do that yet. I think the mo- like appropriate time to do so is like a little bit closer to Christmas, maybe like two weeks into Advent, halfway through Advent. Um, I had a teacher in high school who said like he doesn't start, he was a priest, he wouldn't start listening to Christmas music or decorating until the 17th, which is when the liturgical calendar switches from being um, about the second coming to being about the first coming, right? Because the first half of Advent is about the second coming of Christ. And then from the 17th onward is when it flips. So not actually decorating for Christmas until then, which I think is a great idea, but it's I don't think it's feasible in today's culture. What are your thoughts on that? Have you decorated yet? No, no. So first of all, I I agree with you that that is a nice sentiment that he has. But in today's culture, I think it it's a challenge. I can definitely see where that's a challenge. Um, no, so we have not decorated yet. Normally, I like wouldn't it wouldn't even really cross my mind until after Thanksgiving to decorate. And my husband Mark is totally against it before Thanksgiving. Um, he grew up, his mom would pull all the kids out of school on um, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, and they would all decorate on that day. And it'd be like a whole, they go to mass, and they, like, it'd be a whole thing. Um, and so I thought about, I think that's like would be a nice tradition. But this year, because I'm being a stay-at-home wife this week, I am ready to decorate for Christmas. I put up a little, like one of those little fake trees that was like four inches tall just on our little key holder, like right when you walk in the door, just to, you know, see what would happen with with Mark and see what he would do. And it lasted for two hours when he got home tonight. And then at like 7.30, he saw it and he saw like the the Christmas smelling candle that I put out as well, just because we ran out of any other candles. Um... He saw it and he was just totally in utter disbelief. He could not, he felt so betrayed, like the whole thing. (laughs) So. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's like a really cool tradition though, to like 
yeah, like to spend that day of the Immaculate Conception um, preparing for Christmas. That's fun. But that's also really funny that he's so against it. Yeah, he's like, well, he really loves Thanksgiving. And so, um, and like Advent hasn't started. He's just, I think he's he's being lenient by saying the day after Thanksgiving because he knows that I just love to decorate for it. But I think if he had his way, we'd wait till either the first Sunday of Advent or um, the Immaculate Conception. Yeah. Do you, do you think that your desire to decorate for Christmas is also like nesting? Are you there yet? I think so, because typically I don't have a, this desire to decorate until much closer to Christmas. But I think, I think that's what it is. I think it is kind of a, like a pregnancy hormonal thing. And I'll mm. tell you, I mean, I have cleaned out our closet. I've cleaned out our dresser. Our, our home is looking different these days, I think because of the, of this baby coming. So. Wow. It could be, it could be, who knows. That's so, it's so fascinating to me that like that happened, you know, like hormonally and like, I don't know, psychologically or what, that like pregnant women just get the urge to clean and to prepare. Yeah. Nest. I know. I feel like a bird. I'm like nesting. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, wow, we are, we are animal species, you know? <laughs> no, we have instincts like this. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of motherhood, shall we talk about our mother that we share, even though we're not biologically related, our mother in spirit and in grace, truth, our mother in grace, the order of grace. I'm done talking. <laughs> Mary. Our transitions are going very well. Emily, I think that was a good effort for sure. That was like, like a frantic, like I felt like on the surface, I might've sounded calm, but like on the, like underneath the surface, I was like a duck paddling like super fast, but just like gliding. No, it's actually the opposite. It was just frantic, like a squirrel. <laughs> That's hysterical. I can totally picture that in my head. Yep. Squirrely transition. But I anyway. Uh, so we started last week talking about virtue. And so we're going to continue talking about virtue with talking about Mary's 10 virtues. So we're going to begin this, uh, yeah, going into each virtue specifically this week, talking about Mary's profound humility. So any opening thoughts about humility? I mean, I think my, my first thoughts about just profound humility is, um, first of all, just how perfectly we can see that Mary embodied it. Um, but then second of all is like, you know, how to really apply that in my life, like how to be, you know, profoundly humble, but still myself and still, you know, magnanimous and not just shutting down who I am in order to, you know, you know, try to be humble because that's not the right, the right way to do it. But I think that's like where I naturally jump is, oh, oh I, I, if I want to be humble, then I have to be completely unnoticed. And um, yes, yeah, so I'd love if, if we, if the discussion leads there tonight, then I'd love to kind of like touch on that and how to like apply it to our own lives. Cause um, I think that is a challenge. At least for, mm -hmm. for me it is, but what are your, what are your first thoughts? Yeah. I think humility is one of the most beautiful, but most challenging virtues. And I think it's a good place to start when talking about Mary, because I think it's one of her like most principal virtues. You know, when we think about humility, we think of Mary, like she is the image of humility because um, 
we see, you know, like she calls herself the handmaid of the Lord. And in the sight of God, she sees herself as nothing. And because of that, God exalts her so much. Like she can say in the same sentence, you know, like uh, he has looked with favor on his lowly servant from this day, all generations will call me blessed. You know, like in the eyes of God, she knows she's nothing. And because of that, all generations uh, acclaim her and um, exalt and extol her. So um, I think humility is a really hard virtue. Like I didn't understand it at first. Like I thought it was just like your little like flower and no one, you know, like nobody look at me and I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, so quiet. And I thought of it more, I think it was like a, like a mousiness or like a, like a, you're like a deer yeah. and um, you're unnoticed. And I was like, my brash personality, I could never be humble or I could never be like Mary um, because I'm too loud or something. But um, I think on like further study of humility and further like learning from Mary, what humility is, I've come to see like, it's actually not like hiding or beating yourself up or like constantly you know, like belittling yourself, but it's just, it's seeing who you are truly in the eyes of God. I mean, having an honest understanding of your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. No, totally. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's something that is kind of hard to reconcile because I feel like, you know, when, when taught by the world, by culture, you know, humility is um, downplaying who you are and it's downplaying your strengths. Um, but if we are to acknowledge ourselves, you know, how, how God sees us and in the eyes of the father, then it's so different because he sees us as someone we're dying for and as someone created an image and likeness. And, and so how do you kind of reconcile that with also knowing that we are nothing and knowing that we are, you know, toad and, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of contradictions to it, kind of. And it's, I think, at least for me, that's hard for me to kind of reconcile with, you know, trying to have the mindset of, like, God, you know, loves me so much. And he, you know, thought so, like, he created me because he loves me and because the world needed one of me. You know what I mean? And reconciling that with, you are dust, and to dust you shall return, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, like, looking at, like, where we, I th- like, we can get a good idea of humility, not only from Mary and the scriptures, but also from the litany of humility, um, mm-hmm. and how it's, it's not that, like, and maybe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, maybe it's not just, you don't, you're not ever noticed, but you don't desire to be noticed, you know, like, the litany of humility, it, it starts saying, you know, from the desire to be loved, from the desire to be esteemed, like deliver, deliver me, Jesus, mm-hmm. from all of these kind of vain and prideful desires, and then deliver me from all of these vain and prideful fears. And then at the end, it's asking for the grace to desire true humility, which is that others would be loved more than I, that others would be esteemed more than I, then others would be preferred to me. Um, and so I think, yeah, humility is not just like, I'm terrible and worth nothing, but it's like, 
I don't really need to be loved and praised by the world because I know that I am loved and praised by my father in heaven. Like he, like you were saying, like he desired my existence so much that he created me. You know, he, uh, this like phrase, I tell my students a lot, like God loved the idea of you so much that you exist now. You know, he thought of you and delighted in that idea so much that he created you and put it, put you on the, the earth. And, you know, you can humbly say, you know, I am a princess, you know, like the, you know, women's talks or whatever, but like, I am a beloved daughter of the father. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can also humbly say I am a sinner and I'm far from God. Um, and both of those statements can be true at the same time. Um, because, because we are, you know, loved by God and we are nothing in ourselves, but because we're loved by God, our nothingness is, it's okay. And it's good even because it means that God can come and bring us up even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I appreciate that you mentioned the litany of humility. I feel like that is um, one of those practical ways that you can incorporate, not only ask, ask for the virtue of humility, but also um, like practically ask for it and kind of notice in your life, like, wow, like maybe this, this certain part of it, like really kind of cut deep a little bit and, and notice that that's where maybe we lack some humility. Um, so we should, at the end, maybe we should read that just out loud just so that we have different parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also when, when considering humility, just in preparation, I recall that the first um, few paragraphs actually of True Devotion to Mary mm-hmm. are about her humility. So I brought my copy of True Devotion um, by St. Louis de Montfort. And so the first the first uh, paragraph of True Devotion, I'll read it. It's not necessarily about humility, but it's just kind of St. Louis's kind of entire premise of his whole spirituality. It, it's Paragraph one is, it was through the Most Holy Virgin Mary that Jesus came into the world and it is also through her that he has to reign in the world. Um, but then he goes on, the very next thing he says is, Mary was singularly hidden during her life. It is on this account that the Holy Ghost and the church call her Alma Mater, Mother Secret and Hidden. Her humility was so profound that she had no inclination on earth more powerful or more constant than that of hiding herself from herself as well as from every other creature, as to be known to God only. He heard her prayers when she begged to be hidden, to be humbled, and to be treated as, in all respects, poor and of no account. He took pleasure in hiding her from all human creatures, and in her conception, in her birth, in her life, in her mysteries, in her resurrection and assumption. Even her parents did not know her, and the angels often ask one another, who is that? Because the Most High either had hidden her from them, or if he did not, if he did reveal anything, it was nothing to c- compared to what he kept undisclosed. Um, so that was kind of a lot, and maybe we can unpack that just a little bit. But mm-hmm. just to think of um, my kind of first thought was about how we veil what is sacred, we hide what is sacred and what is holy, and um, like at mass, the the Eucharist is in the tabernacle or the, the chalice that is used 
at mass it has a has that veil over it be, until it's used in the mass and just to think of how sacred god found mary that he hid her you know like we only know a few stories from her life we don't know about her childhood we don't know about her day-to-day life raising jesus but she didn't really she didn't need she doesn't need to be known in that way she only needs to be known by god alone and in his knowing her now the whole world knows her you know like god shares just what we need to know of her um for our for our salvation so that we can know his son yeah yeah i feel like sometimes when when we feel the need or the desire to be known by others it's maybe because of a lack of us you know sharing ourselves with god and of knowing him and of him and allowing him to know us and of course she did not have that lack you know she never gave in to that and so she was so so filled by the holy spirit god knew her so well and she allowed herself to be so known that she yeah that she never would have felt the need to have other people know her and get recognized from other people um or be preferred so i feel like yeah the the more self-knowledge that we have in imitation of mary um the less we'll desire those worldly things I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that was yeah such a good point. Yeah. Like when we're, when we are known by the father and like when we know that we're known by the father and that we, um, yeah, like when we have that, like our identity is rooted in him, we won't go seeking elsewhere for our identity to be told to us. You know, like it doesn't matter if you know other people think that we are holy or if other people think that we're good at our jobs or that we are you know uh, beautiful or you know whatever it is um those things it doesn't matter the opinion of others when when we're solidly rooted in our identity in god right no totally and i think that um i like knowing that i feel like that gives us more freedom to then like let our our strengths like fly and like really do our best at things because um, I think that's something that can hold us back is kind of, you know, the fear of pride and the fear of like, oh, like, wow, this is something that I'm really good at. And I like, I'm fearful that if this is recognized, like let it go to my head and da, 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 da. But I think when we are so free because we know that our identity is in Christ, we know that, um, he does love and prefer us then we can like really let our strength shine and even if that you know receives applause from other people it won't matter just because that's not what matters to us mm-hmm. yeah and then on like kind of the <clears throat> the other side of it too like when we know our weaknesses mm-hmm. we are and we know that like our weaknesses don't define us, we're more easily able to ask for help, mm-hmm. you know, and like we're easily able to lean on other members of the body of Christ. And it's not like a shameful thing. Like I have this weakness or I'm not able to do this, mm-hmm. but it's just like, I don't have this gift, but you know, praise God that you have this gift. You know, it, it humility, I think it doesn't just like rid us of, necessarily like pride or vanity but I think it also rids us of that like 
envy and rivalry and competition that can also spring up when it's like, I don't have this gift, but, but they do. Now I'm angry about it. Or like, why, God, why didn't you bless me with this gift? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in reality, he's like, I bless you with a different gift. And I'm giving you this opportunity to, to be dependent on another person or giving you this opportunity to, to grow in this relationship or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that it'd be a, such a beautiful experience to be able to, you know, ask someone for help and, and not feel any shame and just be like, what? like you are, you have this gift and I see that and I appreciate that about you. And I know that I don't have that. And so like, let's work together because that's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. I feel like that'd be such like a, especially just kind of picturing my coworkers, you know, if we could all like really, really do that and it'd be mm-hmm. such a, a really beautiful exchange, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to like not be ashamed of, yeah, ashamed of the gifts and talents that we have, like not being like, oh no, don't ask me. I'm not very good at that. Um, but to be like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy to help, you know, like I'm like, I know how to use Microsoft Excel. <laughs> I don't know if that's a gift from God, but <laughs> maybe being young enough to know how to use Microsoft Excel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then I think another, just another like kind of thought that I have, like when I read the litany of humility and just like what I think is a common misconception that I like, I think sell short what humility is. It's like, I was praying the litany of humility and then I got a zit. (laughs) You know, I I think humility isn't necessarily like, I think humiliations go into humility, but I don't know if it's necessarily about like all these terrible things happen to me or like, maybe it's like I embarrassed myself. Maybe that could help if that's something that you struggle with. But I think humility is, is also just about like, just coming to know the love of the father for you. And I don't think the love of the father for you is like, I'm going to give you a zit so that you can be put into your place and know that your beauty doesn't come from your external appearance, but Mm -hmm. um, maybe it is. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think that's such a good point. And um, as you said it, it just kind of like rings so true. It's like the father does not desire for you to like have a zit. You know what I mean? It's like that is, it's just one of those things where, like he desires so much more for us. And I feel like I, it, I would hear this a lot, you know, like, Oh, praying a little lit- litany of humility this week. Like something's going to happen. I'm going to get embarrassed, you know, but it's like the father mm-hmm. doesn't desire embarrassment um, or that type of like humiliation for us. He desires us to be more like himself. And mm-hmm. knowing that it's like, okay, yeah, you might coincidentally get a zit, unfortunate, but more than that, are you learning that your beauty is seen in the eyes of God and that's what matters? Like, are you learning that as long as you're preferred by God, it does not matter who else you are preferred by? Um, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. so I totally agree with you. I think that sometimes it can, you know, be be downplayed. Like the, the gift of humility from God can be downplayed and mm-hmm. made into a worldly thing. Like our God is not a secular god like he didn't just <laughs> he this is not a new thing for him right. so um yeah that's such a good point i never really thought about it in that yeah. context, but it's so true 
Yeah, I think what you said um, reminded me also, like you said, he desires us to become like him, you know, and who is the image of God the Father, but Jesus. And um, I just pulled out the litany of humility and I forgot that the first line of it is, oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. And in that, like, you know, comes from the line of scripture where Jesus is like, learn from me because I am meek and humble of heart. And he didn't say like, learn from me because I am a good teacher or like learn from me because I, uh, you know, have this X, Y, and Z gift. It's like, I am meek and humble. And um, in that, like, and all of these things kind of follow from that, you know, like from the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being loved, extolled, honored, praised preferred deliver me Jesus and like to think like Jesus in in his passion was all the opposite of these you know he was not esteemed he was not loved he was not extolled like all these things that he deserves because he's God he was not given them and then you know from the fear of being humiliated despised suffering rebukes calumniated forgotten ridiculed wronged all these fears that's what Jesus went through in his passion um and I think, you know, these things like this humility comes like, especially thinking about like, you know, from the fear of being despised or something, you know, like if we're preaching the gospel, if we're living like Christ and people hate us for it, you know, we want to be free from that fear. Like it, what, it doesn't matter what these people think when we're living our lives for Christ. It just matters, you know, that we're doing his will, that we're, um, you know, following him or like from the fear of being forgotten, you know, what a what a hard thing to ask, you know, like no one wants to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and just all of these, yeah, make us, make us look like Christ. Um, make us look like him in his passion, but I think also, you know, in, in his life as well, you know, he wasn't always loved. He was always, he was suspected by mm-hmm. the the Pharisees. They always were questioning him and, and all of those things. But Right. Um, looking, I pulled it up too, but looking at the last couple of lines where it's, um, more the grant me the grace to desire it prayer Mm -hmm. says you know that others may be loved more than I um specifically that one what's your take on that because I feel like that one's at least a challenging one for me where it says that others may be loved more than I Jesus grant me the grace to desire it I hate that one (laughs) I it's so hard because it's like especially I think for me like in, in my life, if like, like at work or something, you know, if like my boss were to favor another teacher to me or something, or like, a, a, like acclaim a another teacher, like praise another teacher, it's like, but what about me? Like, I do a good job. Or like, why do you love her more than me or something? Um, I think that's such a hard one, especially like to, if you see, you know, like, oh, they're so loved or like, they're so favored. Um, but I don't know if my thoughts are other than I hate it I think it's, it's a challenge it's hard and it and it hurts um but I think it comes back to just I guess strengthening our heart to desire only the love of God right yeah it kind of as you were talking about it kind of remind me of that line where um I don't even remember you'll probably know but where Jesus says um like leave your wife and your children like do you do you love me more than them and I feel like mm-hmm. You know, my natural reaction is, is, you know, like, yes, like, of course, I want I want to leave everything and follow you. Um, but in reality, it's like, well, 
well, first of all, like hopefully Jesus doesn't ask that of me because marriage is good and we should be together and that's what he ordained. Um, but like, it's, it's also like, it's a good thing to love and be loved. And so, so with this particular one where it says, yeah, the others may be loved more than I, I feel like he just wants to like get through the, get, get through our heads and be like, yes, but as long as you know that you're loved by me, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Cause I think I, at least in my feeling, you know, the times where like this one would really sting me is kind of like, if I see, you know, maybe like my mother-in-law, she like prefers another in-law to me, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> like I need to do better. I need to make sure that she still loves me. <laughs> and, you know, cause I want that, that a good relationship with her. And not that that's bad, you know, I, we, we should have good relationships with our mother-in-laws. Um, but kind of just acknowledging that, like, my, my worth and my value does not come from whether my mother-in-law prefers me or another in-law. Um, but as long as I can, I can be Christ to her and, you know, show her that I do love her, then, like, that's enough. I guess. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I feel like that's like such a sticky, a sticker for me. No, I think like what you just said reminded me, like, it made me think that, you know, like when, okay, you you see someone loved more than you and your thought is, okay, how can I gain the love that I'm lacking right now? It's like, oh, she loves her more than me. So let me make up for it so that she can love me more again Mm -hmm. and then we fall into the trap of trying to earn love Mm -hmm. and then then we're like we're hustling we're striving we're grasping for love um when when love is not you know like it's not a paycheck or it's not it's not something that you earn it's um and I think I'm like I'm totally guilty of this too like I'm speaking from my own experience of you know what can I do to be loved and favored and that just ends up being exhausting, you know, because it's not what we're made for. Like, we're not made to grasp after after love. We're just made to receive love. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I can give a solution or an answer, but I can I can commiserate that I also I think that's one of the like one of the hardest ones. I think they all are like they all kind of go with the same one, you know, like the others may be chosen and I set aside. It's like, I want to be chosen or like, yeah. I want to like, why can't I be, why can't I be the one to, you know, be up for the job or, or whatever? Like I've got the skills, I've got the talents. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And even, or, oh, sorry, go ahead. There you go. Well, that, that even just reminded me, all the seventh graders are asking people to be their confirmation sponsors. This is like the season for it. And so some of the teachers are getting asked and you know, I've had that twinge where it's like, Oh, like I wanted that one to ask me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it's like, it's a, it's, it would be a good thing. You know, this desire in me to, to mentor or to like pour into this young student. Um, but like it, in the grand scheme, like it does not matter as long as I know that like God chose me, like God chose to love the idea of me enough to create me. It's like, I am already chosen, like more than a confirmation sponsor ever, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so, so I feel like that's one of those situations where it's like, yeah, like it's, it's a good desire to have to be chosen in some, some aspects, but in, in our relationship with Christ, 
you know, in, in the scheme of us trying to get to heaven and bring as many people along us as we can, then we, we can't focus on, you know, the times where we feel maybe cast aside. Um, we have to like recognize that if we do feel that, then perhaps it is a lack in, in our knowledge of our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Or just to, like, if we feel like we're being cast aside, like to lean into it, like to lean into Jesus who was cast aside mm-hmm. and Jesus who was rejected and, um, not preferred and you know all of those things just to to unite that that suffering or that lack to him and to know that he's with us yeah. in that suffering too and in that loneliness if that's where it 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 leads to mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That true. um just wrapping up here um can you, do you think of any like maybe practical or like prayerful ways to kind of grow in humility besides praying the litany of humility, but just ways to maybe like combat those feelings of, of envy or of rivalry or um, pride. That's such a good question. Um, I think that's something that I've been trying to, you know, trying to focus on more lately, actually just like in this season of life. Um, And something that my husband started doing was he would like say in our, in our nightly intentions, he would pray that I would be more myself. And I felt like that was just so powerful for him to like pray that for me and to, you know, to, to desire that for me, that I would be more myself. And like, what does that mean? That I would be, be more, um, more aware of how, of my identity in Christ. Right. Um, so I think that that'd be like my, that's my go-to just, you know, Jesus, like, help me to be, like, fully myself. Mm, you. That's really beautiful. Wow. Um, yeah, I think in talking about, um, like, when you were saying, like, you know, students choosing you over others, I was thinking of, you know, like, that same experience in my own life and just how, like, okay, what should I do in that situation? But um, maybe to just, like, thank and praise God for the gifts of other people. Hmm. You know, if, like, I think, like, see someone being preferred to me, you know, like, trying to just like wow god thank you that they have that influence on that student you're like thank you that that student was touched by that person because i see that you're working in their life and in their life in that way um so it's like i think gratitude uh for the other Hmm. is something that i need to like i need to work on which is fitting because it's it's thanksgiving week but um just like gratitude and like praising god for the goodness of the other um, to kind of turn our thoughts, uh, like turn my thoughts away from myself and like, okay, where's my lack? Like, why didn't I get chosen? But to say like, actually that person really does have a strength that um, is such a gift to our world and like maybe to our school or our church or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That's such a good, a good, you know, practical first step to combating that for sure. Yeah. I love that. Especially this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, shall we close with praying the litany of humility? Yes, let's do it. If you want to lead it, I can do the responses. Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart. Hear me. From the desire of being esteemed. Deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being loved. Deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being extolled. Deliver me, O Jesus. 
From the desire of being honored, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, O Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus, give me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, Hope you have a great Thanksgiving, if you're listening to this in real time, or just a great rest of your week. God bless. Cheers. Cheers.